places, and the old pear tree furniture on exhibition is actually younger than the mahogany which arrived but yesterday from America. The warehouse of my bric-a-brac dealer was a veritable Kafanaum. All ages and all nations seemed to have made their rendezvous there. An Etruscan lamp of red clay stood upon a boule cabinet, with ebony panels brightly striped by lines of inlaid brass. A duchess of the court of Louis XV nonchalantly extended her fawn-like feet under a massive table of the time of Louis XIII, with heavy spiral supports of oak and carven designs of chimeras and foliage intermingled. Upon the denticulated shelves of several sideboards glittered immense Japanese dishes with red and blue designs relieved by gilded hatching, side by side with the enamel works of Bernard Palissy, representing serpents, frogs, and lizards in relief. From disemboweled cabinets escaped cascades of silver lustrous Chinese silks and waves of tinsel, which an oblique sunbeam shot through with luminous beads, while portraits of every era, in frames more or less tarnished, smiled through their yellow varnish. The striped breastplate of a Damascan suit of Milanese armour glittered in one corner. Loves and nymphs of porcelain, Chinese grotesques, vases of Celadon and crackleware, Saxon and old Sevres cups, encumbered the shelves and nooks of the apartment. The dealer followed me closely through the tortuous way contrived between the piles of furniture, warding off with his hand the hazardous sweep of my coat skirts, watching my elbows with the uneasy attention of an antiquarian and a usurer. It was a singular face, that of a merchant an immense skull polished like a knee, and surrounded by a thin aureole of white hair, which brought out the clear salmon tint of his complexion all the more strikingly, lent him a false aspect of patriarchal bonhomie, counteracted, however, by the scintillion of two little yellow eyes, which trembled in their orbits like two louis d'or upon quicksilver. The curve of his nose presented an aquiline silhouette, which suggested the oriental or Jewish type. His hands, thin, slender, full of nerves which projected like strings upon the fingerboard of a violin, and armed with claws like those on the termination of bat's wings, shook with senile trembling. But those convulsively agitated hands became firmer than steel pincers or lobster's claws when they lifted any precious article, an onyx cup, a Venetian glass, or a dish of bohemian crystal. This strange old man had an aspect so thoroughly rabbinical and cabalistic that he would have been burnt on the mere testimony of his face three centuries ago. Will you not buy something from me today, sir? Here is a Malay crease with a blade undulating like a flame. Look at those grooves contrived for the blood to run along, those teeth set backward so as to tear out the entrails in withdrawing the weapon. It is a fine character of a ferocious arm, and will look well in your collection. This two-handed sword is very beautiful. It is the work of Joseph de la Hera, and this Colish mart, with its fenestrated guard, what a superb specimen of handicraft. No, I have had quite enough of weapons and instruments of carnage. I want a small figure, something which will suit me as a paperweight for I cannot endure these trumpery bronzes which the stationers sell, and which may be found on everybody's desk. The old gnome foraged among his ancient wares, 
and finally arranged before me some antique bronzes, so-called at least, fragments of malachite, little Hindu or Chinese idols, a kind of pusa toys in jade stone representing the incarnations of Brahma or Vishnu, and wonderfully appropriate to the very undivine office of holding papers and letters in place. I was hesitating between a porcelain dragon, all constellated with warts, its mouth formidable with bristling tusks and ranges of teeth, and an abominable little Mexican fetich, representing the god Vitsili Putsili or Naturel, when I caught sight of a charming foot, which I at first took for a fragment of some antique Venus. I had these beautiful ruddy and tawny tints that lent to Florentine bronze that warm, living look so much preferable to the grey-green aspect of common bronzes, which might easily be mistaken for statues in a state of putrefaction. Satiny gleams played.